you're listening to the Seven Transformations Podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Seven Transformations podcast. I am here once again with my friend, Deba. How's it going, Deba? I'm going good. How are you? I am doing great. This has been an awesome day of conversations, so looking forward to talking with you about transformation. That's what this interview is about. So you can fill them in on what you do again. Deba, go ahead. Tell them about your life as a human-centered intrapreneur. I love that term. <laughs> um, so as I said before, basically um, I create experiences for people when, um, when human touch meets products, services, spaces, or stories. Um, I am human-centered, which means that um, I look into the fabric of um, where the problem space is from the point of view of people. Um, I blend in um, with the culture and the context with which I'm working in and um, distill the insights and um, the human aspects of a, of a problem space and bring it to life through a design process hmm. um, and, and make it into a product that is directly coming from a, a need, a human need. Um, and I'm an intrapreneur, which means that um, I work within the organizations or um, within the project that I'm on. I, I blend in, I become part of it, and I change things from inside out. Um, and it's very much of an entrepreneurship spirit where you kind of have to fight through things and um, find your way into into change. Um, you have the same spirit, but it's just instead of being extroverted, it's kind of uh, inward focused. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, we talked to you last week about creating a life you love and having uh, a very human-centered approach to design and architecture and all these things. And it was really an awesome conversation. I want to continue that with uh, with your work as a designer, you know, as this human-centered approach. Have you ever thought of that kind of work as transformative? It is very transformative. It is because um, the, the this process of design itself is transformative mm -hmm. because um, it's not about the object that you make or the um, or the space that you make but it's about the process of, with which you you change something to another so um, it is very transformative because especially the human centered design um, is is a collaborative design process where you involve the stakeholders uh, all the stakeholders and the users and the business units and um, 
and you involve all of that in the process of um, coming out with 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 a solution that relates to the people they are serving. So that process within of itself is tr- transformative. What what goes? What does transformation mean to you? I mean, everybody has a different definition. I'm always curious to hear, you know, what everybody's take on it is. As a designer, as an artist, as an architect, as a business person, what does that word mean to you when you hear transformative, when you hear transformation? How does that play into what you do? It's becoming new. It's becoming something different, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not necessarily uh, detached from the old, it's mm-hmm. it's um, built on top of that for sure, but it's um, it's kind of like sh- shedding old skin and you grow into this new being. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's kind of a conversion, you know. Mm-hmm. Convert you con- converge from something to something else, in, um, and you grow. So mm-hmm. it it is. So I guess to your your question, transformation has a meaning of growth to it, has mm-hmm. the meaning of change to it. Um, it has joy in it. Hmm. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that change all the time, yet we don't really give them significance. It seems mm-hmm. that the the word transformation, or worse, when something is perceived as transformative, it is a change, just like everything else. Everything's constantly changing, but it is a significant change in some way or another. So everybody attaches a different significance to it, whether that's like you said, trying something new or being joyful or, you know, letting go of something, you know, everybody has a different meaning to what is significant to them. So Mm -hmm. I haven't heard joy before. I like that when something is joyful. That's good. Well, what does your work, what does your work mean to you? I mean, when you're doing these things, I really, for me, I'm fascinated about what you do with, with design and and the approach of being human centered in, in architecture and design, because, it it takes a whole new dimension of the experience. And that, I'm really curious, what does that mean to you? What does your work mean to your life purpose? How do you see mm-hmm. it falling into your greater vision for yourself? Mm. Being a human-centered um, designer. Yeah, it's, um, so it's, it's, a life, uh, it's a life that is not just about me. It's mm. about me as part of a fabric of the, of, of the society and of the, the whole human nation that I'm part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So whether that's a small little project or is a big one that is impacting a lot of people, it's still part of the same ecosystem. So I can't really um, go into my own little cocoon and be like, I'm going to design this in my own world and not, consider the impact of it in the whole world mm-hmm. uh, it's just wrong it's just not truth and the truth is that you're part of this whole thing and whatever you do is impacting you and whatever is happening is impacting you so um you have to choose a way in which you that this whole um ecosystem makes sense to you and the only way to do it for me was is to listen is to empathize is mm. to connect is to blend in is to become part um of this fabric and then um then whatever spits out of me as a designed object as a design service as a uh, design experience this this all relates to where i come from which i'm bringing into surface 
from listening to these people to empathizing to really digging deep into the insights of people around me. So you're really becoming a vessel for the client, the community, the people you are designing for, so that your mm -hmm. design is as organic from that mm -hmm. experience as possible. Yep. With heart and soul. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's that's really the ultimate level of, of service, you know, through design. Well, what has that been like for you? I mean, to were you always a good listener? I mean, listening to me is like one of the most important things in our life in anything yet it is also one of the most difficult things to do so were you did you always feel naturally able to kind of blend in and kind of listen to people and that kind of thing or was this something that was a you know transformation of your own self that had to undergo for you to become like this definitely a transformation um i think I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, but, but I think we are born with that. But, um, but going through life changes us. Mm -hmm. And, and then we have to find that again. Um, but no, I have not always been a, li a good listener and all that, but you just said something, which I think is really important. You said being a good service, really developing that servant heart is what, what creates the desire in you to listen is because when your mission in life is to serve is when you're listening to see where you're going to serve, <laughs> how mm. you're going to serve and um, how you can be helpful, how you can change, how you can be part of um, a transformation for yourself and others. So it's really heart of that transport. Heart of that is, is servant's heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in your profession, like what you are also pursuing in terms of uh, coaching and, and um, uh, the, the, ther the music therapy and um, art therapy, those are all, again, coming from that, is from that certain Absolutely, part. yeah. That is, that is igniting all of that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a common thread for anything having to deal with people. You have to be uh, really excited about serving about really making a difference for somebody else and kind of letting letting yourself letting that ego or, or that individual part kind of take a break you know so but that's not yeah. always easiest it's not always the easiest thing to do especially yeah. uh, when we do have our own creative work involved and how we particularly maybe want to see it manifest well what's what's one of the most transformative experiences that you have undergone in your line of work maybe with a client maybe um you know with a particular project anything that you can recall maybe recently even that was very transformative as it relates to work yeah like um you know for example let's say you had a client that wanted something and it was very difficult to please them you know it was a lot of back and forth there was a deadline you had to meet and at the end, you know, something happened and, you know, something flipped and, okay, boom, you know what, we we figured it out and all it took was maybe letting go of my expectation of this or maybe them figuring out that, you know what, maybe I can take a risk here. Something where there was some sort of, you know, breakthrough, I guess, is really what I'm digging for. Mm. I think, okay, um, I struggled with um, 
communication style for a while. Mm. And in what way? Like you were had a hard time communicating with people, or no? It's it's um, you know English is my second language, mm -hmm. but um, also my shyness from confronting people mm. with the things that bothers me or hurts me or um, I don't. I don't um, agree with it, or like I find find it uh, wrong, and I the, my shyness about confronting them because I don't want to upset them or whatever reason um, creates a certain level of resentment. Then it comes out in words. Hmm. So sometimes it comes out as passive aggressive. Sometimes, um, and sometimes like I've been. Uh, very rebellious so like if somebody had a strong voice or is trying to like you know be a dominant or like um kind of micromanage me or suddenly like showing power over me i would be the rebellious you know the rebellious mm. kid with me would, would confront and would stop saying things without considering the consequences <laughs> of me standing up and and like confronting a really high level person <laughs> of their wrongness <laughs> and I suddenly will become like militant I'm like I'm going to be against you that's right I'm going to tell the truth fanaticism and I'm standing for it <laughs> injustice like, yeah justice and it's really a wrong approach it's really uh, um, I'm learning that it's a it's a wrong approach and again the right approach is to listen hmm. and be patient um and thank them mm. and the things change and um uh yeah the, the listening to them is is one thing and then um i was gonna say something and i forgot yeah i forgot sorry i, uh. I lost my thread of thought well we'll think of it maybe later who knows <laughs> My yeah. mom would always say when I forget something, she's like, oh, it probably wasn't important. I'm like, no, it was important. That's why I'm so upset. <laughs> I hate forgetting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but think, I think, yeah, just like listening and then, um, yeah. you know, uh, finding, giving yourself time again, you know, mm -hmm. finding that time to think things through. I don't have to react right now. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. And, um, uh, the the approach is not to rebel or confront. Oh, I was gonna say this is is finding love mm. in that moment yeah. is the challenge. It it's is like when you wanna revolt and you wanna show them the right way. You wanna show them that they are wrong. You wanna show <laughs> that they are being wicked. And um, I can see you're and, definitely and channeling a memory there. You got some passion. Oh <laughs> my God! Yeah. Especially for people like me who are, um, how do you say it? Like fiery, I don't um, know. Sensitive, oh, you know, okay. we are sensitive. We are um, um, emotional about things, and we get it really passionate about it. So our, our love is passionate, our hate is passionate. Uh -huh, everything is passionate. <laughs> passionately doing. So it's it's really hard to find a balance. So in that moment of looking at that person, that in that moment you really want to. Um, deal with and and find love because we know that love is perfect we know that love does not boast we know that mm. love is kind um love is patient and gives time and 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 waits so um 
So that had been my current challenges is like, okay, cool down, find, find your love piece, find your peace mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and approach differently. And, and that is changing my communication style is changing the way I'm, um, I'm approaching hard situations, difficult situations. Um, so I would say that is a transformation that is happening from someone who had, I had to struggle with this for a long time. Yeah. Well, that's huge. I mean, being able to breathe and have that barometer of when your state is changing from a creative one to a not creative one, essentially, is very important. What has been the impact on your relationships by you becoming a better listener, somebody who is, you know, let's say calming down, choosing to find the love getting back to neutral, getting back to balance, what's been the impact on your immediate relationships, your friends, your clients, mm. your loved ones, things like that, what, compared to, let's say, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something like that? Mm. Um, it's deeper. It's um, um, The relationships are deeper, definitely. It's um, more intentional. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it's more longing. It's more like it, it's elongated more. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. Ex- it's like expanded. Somehow. Oh, I see. I don't know how yeah. To ex- explain that. Um, um, yeah, it's just like I feel like people are <laughs> enjoying my company more. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I they're feel not. Like they're not afraid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid. That's true. <laughs> but like in general, like even people who been around um, me or I've been around them um, it feels more connected it feels more flowing uh, than before yeah mm-hmm. I think the peace is a is the main foundation for everything else you know mm-hmm. it's the it's the soil Absolutely. that everything else can grow so well yeah. one question I have for you in doing what you're doing it's a very interesting career very interesting and exciting part of life you know to design and to create things for people but even within those kind of interesting fields there's always the mundane that we have to deal Mm. with you know and my question to you is how do you transform the mundane how do you how do you avoid or not maybe avoid maybe avoids the wrong word but how do you turn around those mundane situations and keep your flow keep the keep the experiences from being meaningful, you know, keep them to be purposeful and transformative and keep those days being inspired, even though there is a lot of mundane things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the discipline, mm-hmm. you know, the mind, mundane is the discipline and, and we need that. Uh, I mean, we can't live in constant spiritual ecstasy. Right. Like, there are going to be, <laughs> there are going to be. We can't. We... Oh man. What? We can't. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's the discipline that um that uh, God wants us to have is like that. Those waiting times is actually the training times. Yeah, is uh, when you are letting those moments of spiritual ecstasies or you know the epiphanies or the high moments to settle in. So. Um, getting into the groove of the mundane of doing normal things it might feel like you're doing mundane but it's really training 
training time, is the mm. waiting time, is the time that you're just just digesting all the good stuff that other high points of your life that you have received, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's how I look at it. And, um, and, 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 be, and we can always be grateful. We can always be thankful. And I think when we shift our, um, attention to little things and being thankful for the little things, um, it, 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 it brings back that spark. Hmm. I, I just recorded a, uh, I, I had this quote I put up on Facebook a bit ago. It was about how days are gifts and tests. They mm. either a gift or they're a test. You know, one is, a gift is not really yours, but it's there for you to enjoy, you know, and a test mm-hmm. is is there for you to practice so that you're more appreciative of the, of the gifts, you know, and uh, everybody loved that one, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a guided meditation with this actually. So I went and turned it wow. into a yeah. It was it was really cool, and it it's always interesting to think because we think of oh, you know, I had a bad day or I had you know a a rough day or something like that. And one of the parts of transformation that I've interviewed so many people, and I'm always jotting down notes kind of about what it what it is. You know, I'm trying. Obviously, there's an endless realm you can talk about with transformation, but I've come up with a lot of very uh, pinpointed areas that you can identify what transformation is. And one of them is that it happens in language, you know, and how we frame things in our mind. So saying it's a bad day versus, you know what, it's a test. I can pra- and today I can practice and be more appreciative for the future opportunities. In framing it differently in your mind, that is a transformative experience just by framing it differently because transformation is when a change is meaningful and meaning is created through the mind and, and through language. So, um, yeah, so it's really interesting how just by looking at different ways that we can look at our days, we can look at different, you know, like there's this whole uh, Admiral guy who wrote a whole speech on basically starting your day by making your bed and how that transforms the rest of your day and life going forward. And it's like, if you can, that's the whole point of these interviews. If we can, see transformation as a, as an everyday thing something that is accessible you know when i was looking on the drop down menu for this podcast on the categories that i could put it in it didn't have a category for transformation <laughs> i'm like man well what am i going to call it i want to call it self help like they you know there's all kinds of weird just non just very general categories and it was because transformation is such a a woo-woo word, you know, it's on this pedestal, I think, and it doesn't have to be. I think it can be uh, very accessible and something that you can identify and create on purpose in your life. So, uh, well, what? Yeah, it's, yeah, usually go ahead. It starts, it starts small and goes viral. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What? Uh, here's one more question for you, kind of back to the more introspective ones. But what has been one of your biggest obstacles to transformation. Mm-hmm. One of them is you mentioned a little bit about, let's say, peace and control. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit, I think, in the other interview too, about letting go of control and, and surrender. Maybe that was something you wanted to mention, or maybe is anything else that you feel from previous talks? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, those are still true. Um, 
what else can I add? Uh, transformation. Even if it's just like, let's say an everyday thing, you know, like I know for me, for example, I have a very physical job and my physical energy, I'm, I'm working out three times a week. I practice 10 hours a week. I also teach, you know, 20, 30 hours. I'm like active probably at least 25 full hours a week, physical heavy activity. So my energy is like definitely one that's an obstacle sometimes to transformation because if I'm low energy, I'm just cranky and it's like, you know, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to see the the optimistic sides of life. You don't want to, so you really have to overcome just the physical aspect of it. And sometimes that's the mind too. You can get a second wind just by reframing things. Uh, but I know for me, like, my physical energy is sometimes an obstacle to living a transformed life or, or transforming anything for that day. So, mm. um, cause it's always fluctuating, especially with, with working out and lifting weights. I, I go through repair days. I go through days where I'm just like dead. Like doesn't matter if I got eight hours of sleep, I wake up and my body just doesn't want to do anything. So, and there's days when I have four hours of sleep, and I can go for, you know, 15 hours without a problem. So definitely the fluctuations in energy for me are an obstacle to to kind of living that life. So I think it is more of um, the obstacle is me having the tendency of going back to my old ways. Mm. Um, it can be um, as I grew and, and have grown healthier habits for myself, newer habits for myself. Um, it's, it's and from time to time, there's a lot of times there's this temptation of getting lazy or getting, going back to what it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, um, that can be in, as you said, like physical, um, uh, exercises that I, I slack on the food that I intake or, um, or the habits that just general habits that I had. Like the thing that I just shared about, um, you know, react, being reactionary mm -hmm. and, and, and quickly reacting to things. I have a lot of occurrences where I'm tempted to <laughs> let it loose, out, you know, go, go back to my old ways. Let the fangs out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's those things or even revisiting. Like one of the things that I've learned is. Once you let go, once you pass uh, a, um, what do you say, like negative memory, um, you don't review it. You don't go back to it. And, mm. and we kind of have that attachment to that pain again we talked about last time um, of, of, of old memories. And because it's somehow it is comfortable to revisit that pain, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is. And... <laughs> And uh, sometimes you want to go back and, and bring it back to the surface. And, and that's another temptation. Sometimes we get um, high off of that, uh, like that intense emotional feeling is like, regardless of the fact that it's painful, it's, it's just like a, it's emotion nonetheless. So we're like addicted mm -hmm. to, we almost feel more alive. Mm -hmm. It sounds weird, but it's like we almost feel more alive because we're stimulated by that emotion than just mm -hmm. by being neutral. You know. Oh, that was that was profound, man. That you just you just light up thoughts in my head. Light it up. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true though. If you think about it, you have so many. I mean, even with well, there's in psychology. Like, I, I've studied a lot of that stuff when I was getting my bachelor's in school. We would talk about how depression and 
uh, you know, like, for example, the social cues, we're all socially wired with all our neurochemicals, like dopamine and serotonin and all these things. And everything we do has a social component. That's why I'm so interested in your work and how you how you look at things through design through a social component because everything we do is social and when it comes to a lot of behaviors that are negative like smoking or uh whatever again i I have no nothing against anybody who's smoking and listening but the point is like anything that's potentially bad for your health like depression things like that there's always a social side of it that keeps us hooked and addicted uh you know through through just that reinforcement, like when somebody says, oh my gosh, are you sad? Like, are you okay? And then you have a suddenly an immediate life purpose because you're the depressed one that everybody wants to reinforce or you're the rebel that's everybody hates and that conscious energy that's being directed at you, even though it's hate and it's negative, you're feeding off of it because it's it's consciousness being directed at you and it's it's feeding you. So it's interesting how we fall into these loops and these addictions, uh, regardless of the fact that maybe from the outside they're negative, quote-unquote, it's all just energy being directed at us. So the question is, what kind of energy do you want to have, you know? Exactly. Well, I totally cut your stream off there, so sorry. No, 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 no. I I was, no, it was great. (laughs) Well, okay, here's kind of the final question for you here, Debo. What, you know, your life experience and what you're doing, you know, being a human-centered approach to what you're working and living through the transformative work that you do how you know that you mentioned a lot about these really really important life lessons like listening being more patient taking a breath how has your experiences made you wiser about the rest of the world and other people and what can you share maybe some life lessons or some important things uh, with people who are listening through the design, the human-centered design approach, I guess, um, your worldview automatically changes because because you're not seeing yourself as separate from yeah. the world, um, but as part of it or the whole world in you. It was that quote from Rumi that um, you're not a drop in the ocean, you're an ocean. In the the ocean is, yeah, inside you or something like that. Yeah. 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 I love that one, yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of like that, you know. Um, so, um, what advice I would have? I actually, I did this. I'm going to say it. And leave it or take it. Um, so, I did went through a cleansing period last year. Uh-huh. Where uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, I went through an exercise. Um, self-invented completely. Um well, one of the things I did was that I caught, caught listening to news. Um, no news, no TV, no feeding of information in that way. Hmm. That that tells me what my world looks like for a whole year. For a whole um, year. For a whole year, I did wow. that. Yeah, and um, not that I don't follow. Like once in a while, I would read the summary news of what's going on around the world and stuff, but. I was fasting from it. Um, I, I still don't have TV at home. <laughs> yeah, good for you, me um, neither. I have gone to some theaters and watched movies and stuff, but but it's that fasting of, of visual, like my eyes and, and my ears and, and the information, the, the intake. I've just been cutting out the intake so that I can I can really 
listen, I can really uh, see the truth. Mm. So I'm just going to put it out there. There are some exercises like that that we can do to cleanse our senses. Oh, and, yeah. And not only, not only um, the, the obvious ones, but our mind. We can cleanse our mind. Um, we, can, we can declutter it. Um, so just as a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I think fasting, it doesn't have to be with just food. I think there's definitely a, a value to fasting in all kinds of dimensions i know i read a book actually a long time ago it reminds me of uh this guy his i forget his name but it was like the cheapskate's guide to being rich or something like that it was a guy who's like self-proclaimed the biggest cheapskate and he talked about doing a financial fast where literally you don't spend any money for like a week on anything yeah just yeah. to see I've done that you know, too. It's yeah interesting. it's interesting yeah. you know when you abstain what you know what you start becoming present to your attention shifts in areas that you have been ignoring. So I think mm -hmm. fasting is great. Yeah. Or the, the thing we talked about, like don't have any opinion for a week. Yeah. Under fasting from your opinions. Have no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's good though. I think fasting is great. So, yeah. well, thank you so much again for joining me on this interview, Diva. It's been awesome talking with you. It's been uh, some pretty cool conversations. You know, the internet is an amazing place. You can just meet somebody, you know, and through a friend or whatever, and then suddenly you have some great conversations, and then you record a podcast episode. So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Thank you again for joining me. This has been a, another interview on what is transformation. We looked at transformation with Diva about her life and her work in uh, human-centered design. So hopefully this has been contributory to your life. If you have any friends that are interested in that kind of line of work or you think would benefit from this interview, share it with them, let them know. My goal is to create as many of these interviews with all the wonderful people in my life and share them with you so that you can benefit and learn from their experience. We all hear ourselves in each other's experience and when we hear it from someone, maybe a particular person, it just seems to click. So I hope it's been helpful to your life. If you want to support the show, we have all kinds of things on Patreon. I do contribute 20% of all my donations from Patreon to charities. You can check out my community page to see what uh, charities I'm involved with on a regular basis. And then I also have been doing a lot of uh, piano meditations and other things on there. So you can find all that info on the website as well as the show notes. Uh, with Diba's information and website. Diba, where can they uh, find you? Um, I, my website, dibasalimi.com, and uh, my Instagram is Solitude Frames. Um, yeah, either of those, I'll be available. Nice, perfect. Well, thank you one more time for joining me on this interview, Diba. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. It was lovely. Thank you so much. All right. See you next week, guys. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the7transformations.com. <laughs>